Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. As I, I started last week, I spoke about walking in the Spirit. I want to continue walking in the Spirit. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, talks about how you should consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. Watch this. Every time we come together and we are not seeing things, the hand of God manifesting amongst us, that means that something needs to be pushed right. Or when the Holy Spirit came on people, there is something exterior you see. Either they fall, either they speak, either they shout. But most of us claim we have seen Holy Spirit. We come to church and then we don't see anything so gentle. (laughs) But the point I want to make here is that, okay, because you do amazing things amongst you, there is a platform you must lay. So consecration is platform for amazing things, wonders from God. There are too many people who are looking for miracles, blessings, signs, and yet they are still accommodating the issues. They are still accommodating grounds that the Holy Spirit, they don't have, there's no ground the Holy Spirit can land. There's no, no landing port. So consecration is necessary for your next level. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. God will do wonders amongst you. Praise the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1, it says that, therefore having these promises, say these promises. promises. Say it again. Louder. These promises. Therefore having these promises. Now remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that's how it started. Chapter 1, verse 20. He said, all the promises of God. How many? Oh. All the pro- In him are yes. So, the, all the promises of God in Christ, you got it. Right. But he said, therefore, having these promises, there is something you have to do for it to manifest. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. There are things we do that Bible classify as filth. Is it possible that there are times we have, you have come for a prayer meeting and you stink? Because of what God classifies as filth. Men will see you nicely dressed. But the angels are blocking their nose. They are moving backwards because someone has come there with filth. So he said, filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. All filthiness of the flesh. So you can contaminate your flesh. Your physical body, the physical being, your flesh there means you, your body, your action, filthiness of the flesh. Do you know why I said you should do that? Because you have these promises. There are promises hanging over your head, ready to be executed, ready to be manifested. They are hanging over your head. So he said, make room. Make room. He said, therefore, you, since you have these promises, let us cle- you have to take the responsibility to do the cleansing. That's right. Let us cleanse ourselves from all... F- no, son. Also, I used to do it, but I've stopped this one. It's just this one I'm waiting for. For what? Well, as long as 
you can wait for your blessing to show up later. You're already blessed because it says that, blessed be the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ. Once you are in Christ, how many blessings have you got? All spiritual blessings. They are in heavenly places. But for them to manifest in earthly places, someone needs to cleanse him or herself from all filth. Filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Then he went on to say, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, yeah, filthiness of the flesh, flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In the fear of God. You've stolen money and 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 you say you are paying tight out of it. The devil is a liar. Change figures and change figures and change figures and change figures. Every check you write to people, it bounces. You know it's not going to work, but you write it anyway. The promises of God don't just manifest. Someone has to take responsibilities. So there are times you can see somebody is praying more than the other person. But the other person is working in practical blessings more than the one who is praying more. Prayer is not a substitute for consecration. There are times people will be fasting and fasting and fasting. They are fasting, but there's bitterness in their heart. And unforgiveness in their heart. This is what we call filthiness of your spirit. Somebody's blessed. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are, are passed away. Behold, say, look, all things are new. Say, all things are new. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that as, as a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right. It's very important. So as a man is born again, he cannot, assuredly I say, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you being born again is what exposes you to what you begin to experience. So long as God's rule, the Greek word basileo, the kingdom of God, not jurisdiction of operation, but the rulership of God, the dominion of God. So then since the man is born again, Satan may still be winning. Look at 11, verse 20 and 21, somewhere there. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom, that's a sign that kingdom of God is in charge. That's come. Right. So when the kingdom of God comes, Satan backs off. And except the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Satan will still be ruling. Is it possible somebody has not allowed the kingdom of God to take root or take over in your marriage, take over in your health, take over in your finances? That's why Satan seems to be ransacking everything. So Jesus said, back to the born again. This is very interesting. When you are born again, let, let me throw a little bit more light on being born again. According to 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1 verse 3, it talks about blessed be God the Father who has given birth again, who has given us birth, okay? According to his abundance, he has begotten us again, begotten. We have been born again. We have been begotten again to a lively hope through the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ from the dead, okay? So Jesus Christ's resurrection, that's what makes us get this opportunity to be born again. All right, watch this. Born again is not something that is receiving an F+. Plus. When someone is born again, we are not talking about upgrade. Not that your life has been upgraded. You are in economy now, they move you to business class. No. When someone is born again, we are not talking about earthly upgrade. We are not talking about earthly boost. We are talking about heavenly birth. Something from heaven has invaded earth. 
Something practically from God has entered. I'm going somewhere, okay? Has entered. So when you're born again, it's a serious thing. It's practically God takes himself and puts himself into you. So it's not an, an earthly boost. It's a heavenly birth. When you are born again. How does one get born again? Very important. How does one get born again? Is it because you are doing good works? Is it because you are now going to church? Or is it because you have, stopped, you have stopped stealing? You have stopped doing this? If you are born again, according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for, example, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. So it takes grace to be saved, not works. All right. It takes grace. It's God's grace. And then how do you benefit it? You exercise your faith. So you have faith in God. You put your faith in Christ Jesus Christ. Justification is a function of faith. Romans chapter 3 verse 20. He said no flesh will be justified in his sight. Doesn't matter how many sanctification. Hello. I'm getting into the grace message. But stop before I get into hyper grace. <laughs> right. We are, we are saved by grace. So it's not because I've stopped doing this. That's not what makes you born again. You are born again because Jesus Christ died for your sins. And you put your faith in Christ. Justification is the act of God declaring a sinner righteous. Okay, By grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone, for his glory alone. Justification. So you didn't play any role. All you have to do is just put your faith. Sola fide. All your faith is in Christ and that's all. Your faith being in Christ is enough for everything God wants to do for you. So you get saved by faith. Watch this. This is very important. You get saved by faith and you continue remaining saved by faith. Not by works. Uh, when people teach on grace, sometimes people, other people have problems because, how are you saying that we call grace? So we, should we sin? I mean, grace, uh, okay, people are sinning in the church and they are saying grace covers it. And grace is, uh, uh, but, but, but you see, you are not saved because of what you did. You are saved because of what he did. And your faith you put in what he did. So in Christianity, it is not do. It is done. D-O-N-E. It's done. So you just come and enjoy the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You remember? And the God of Abraham, letting God be the source. The God of Isaac. Isaac is just the son. He was born to inherit. I just didn't really do much. He came to inherit what his father has left. So you must know God. As God the Son, we come to inherit. We come to inherit blessings. That's why he said he has blessed us with all. We already been blessed too. We've been blessed before you were even born. Now you come under the umbrella of that blessing when you become born again. When were you blessed? You were blessed with believing Abraham according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, 8, and 9. All those who are of faith, they were blessed with believing. So when Abraham believed and was being blessed, we were blessed with him. Do you understand that? So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. When was Abraham blessed? Years ago. So when God was blessing me, he had you in mind. He had you and I in mind. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so watch this. When you become born again, you bring yourself into some, a whole new world, a new creation. And then, so you are not born again because of the things you do. So, so the grace message that people have had a lot of issues about is, but when they preach like this, it looks like you can do anything and God will be fine. God is fine. What you do doesn't matter because God is fine. So you can be coming to church. You are married, but you have a girlfriend on the side or you have a boyfriend. The devil is a liar. That's demonic. The fact that someone fell to, to a problem doesn't make it okay. 
The fact that someone fell to sin doesn't make it okay. In the first place, sin is sin. Period. Okay? So let's get it right. So you, you don't define your righteousness, Pastor O made a statement when you were speaking. You don't define your righteousness based on someone's righteousness. You don't define how you practice, consciously put into practice what God tells you based on what others are doing. Because the Bible says that every one of us will stand before the throne of God. Everyone, everyone, not every two of us, everyone. Hmm. To give an account to God for what he has done in his body whilst he was on the earth. Then after that, rewards will come. So, and it's appointed unto man once to die and after death, judgment. As soon as you die, yeah, that's okay. Your case has been prepared for judgment. Amen. Amen. All right, so, so where does grace fit into all this? Paul said in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, shall we, con- because before verse 1, chapter 5, verse 22, 23, it says that shall we, con- it says, where grace, uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. So I was explaining last week, what it simply means that if this guy has done so much, there's that much grace to cover him. When we used to be in secondary school, there's a song we used to sing that the love of Jesus is so wonderful, so wide, you can't get around it, so low, you can't go under it, so high, you can't get over it. Oh, wonderful love. So it doesn't matter your scope, he's able to cover you. Thank you, Lord. Say, I'm covered. He's able to cover you. So he says that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So everyone can be saved. Did you see that? Everyone can be saved. Then he went on to say, verse, chapter 6, verse 1. So shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. Certainly not. How shall we, who are dead to sin, continue? Right. Now, I want to throw something, bring your attention. This is where it's going to get it very interesting and informative. But you got to learn. Those who want to learn, they will learn. In the, in the book of Romans, Romans is a judicial book. What do I mean by judicial book? It's like law, based on law. That's what it speaks about justification. It speaks about, it speaks about where the law was given so that sin may abound. And because of uh, one man's sin, death came or death passed to all men. Romans chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. It was talking about sin, sin, judgment, sin. And then the, chapter 3, it began to speak about justification. And it began to define how we get just. Listen to this very interestingly. So Romans chapter 3 and chapter 4 began to heavily major on how we get justified. It says that God justified the ungodly. That's when, listen to me, he was teaching on justification when he brought Abraham's story into the issue. When he spoke about Abraham believed against hope. And he, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, check out the way it starts. It starts on justification and it goes on to talk about verse 2, 3. It talks about how even David says that the blessedness of the one who sins God are forgiven. Yeah. Verse 5, 6 there talks about uh, what shall we say our father Abraham has, uh, by works. Nothing. By God and by faith. So he started talking about faith. Started talking about faith. Started talk- so it was justification. This whole thing. But guess what? Many, many people have taught, or Bible scholars have assumed that Romans is basically focusing on, the just- on justification. But I found out through my studies and research that it isn't so. Romans from after chapter 5, he doesn't talk about justification again. Bible doesn't talk about justification again. So the justification by grace we are talking about, he just finishes by chapter 5. And then 
Chapter 6 it was going on now. We are dead to sin. Sin cannot have dominion over us again. We are no more than the law. Then chapter 7, he brings up um, the sins that I don't want to do. That I do. He began to describe the, the falling state of the man. Where he talked about the four laws. He said that there, there is a law in my mind. Okay, which wants to do the good thing. But there is another law in my members. That the good my mind wants to do. My mind agrees with the law of God. Okay, so in Romans chapter 7, it talks about three laws. One of the laws is the law of my mind. The law of my mind agrees with the law of God. But there's another law in my members. So when the law of my mind says, oh, okay, I want to do it. The law in my members says, hey, you want to do what? Sit down quietly. So he said, so there's constant, chapter 7, verse 16, 17, 18, he said there's constant war in me. So that the things I want to do, that I cannot do. It's very interesting. Then watch this. Then he says in the verse 24 downwards that, so who can deliver me from this body of sin? Then he said, thanks be to God that through Christ Jesus, whatever. Says, thanks be to God. Then watch this. Then chapter 8. I'm I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Then Romans chapter 8, from verse 1, I like the opening statement. I like that one. Romans chapter 8, he said, let's already Allah, let's go. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Hallelujah. That should make you say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The law brings condemnation. But once you enter into Christ, no condemnation. Then he continues to say, verse 2, verse 2, he said, for the law. Say law. Law. Say law. Law. What sort of law? What sort of law? That is the fourth law he has introduced into the thing. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from what? The The law of sin and death. So this law of sin and death has been ransacking my life. Watch this. Remember this. The, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free. The law of what? Verse 2. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. What, what has set me free? Let's read it again. Let's read it again. Let's, read it again. Let's, read it again. Let's go. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin. One more time. Louder. For the law of the spirit of life. Has made me free from the law of freedom. That is, that's the first time he introduces something into the conversation which hasn't come yet. It's not law, but spirit. Say spirit. What's my title today? Walking in the spirit. You want to be consecrated? Walking in the spirit. Watch this. So we are born again. By faith. We are justified. And he began. But right after Romans chapter 8. He introduces the spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. He said now. May the God of peace himself. Do what? Sanctify you completely. Where? May your what? Whole spirit. Soul. And one more time. Three. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. One more time, louder. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. Say, my spirit, my soul, my body. Now, it's called tripartite being human beings. Every human being is tripartite. You have three parts. You have a, you have a soul and a body. You are a spirit. 
All right. So he said, may your spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. So those of you who have been spending all your time dressing your body. And your spirit is very funny. Weak. And not, not well nourished. If we ask you one Bible quotation, it will become pandemonium. pandemonium here. You'll be struggling, struggling. At best, you say John 3, 16. And then John 10, 30. Genesis 1, 1. John 1, 1. Psalm 23. Yes. <laughs> you got to nourish your spirit, man. Not with quotations, but with God's word. In Psalm 1, 1, 9, verse 11, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you need God's word to service your spirit. Now, so everyone has got soul, spirit, and body. Watch this. When you get born again, all right, instantly, it's your spirit that gets saved. Your soul begins to experience salvation through the renewing of your mind. As you, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. I will do this. Your choice is coming from your soul. Your feeling. <laughs> the way that you hurt me. It's your soul. All right? And then your, that's your emotions, your, your will, and then your intellect, the way you understand things. Okay, hmm, okay, this one is not good. This one, that's all in your soul. And then you have a spirit. How about your spirit? I don't want to go too deep with that. But your spirit has your conscience inside your spirit and fellowship with God. Every human being has a spirit, has a soul. And a body. If you are not born again, your spirit is dead. Not that inactive. It's dead to God. It doesn't have fellowship with God because God is life. So you don't have a, as soon as you get born again, that's why God is birthed inside you. So when you are born again, it's not that you are just born. Actually, something has rather been born in you. Wow. Everyone who is born again, something has been born. As soon as you become, something is rather born in you. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul told the Galatian Christians that, you know, I pray for you that Christ be formed in you again. So that th- what is born in you begin to grow and take shape. Your spirit, you have a soul, you have a, a, a body. Now, when you get born again, your, your spirit is saved. Your soul is undergoing, and then your body will, will be saved. But watch this. This is where I'm going. When we talk about walking in the spirit, it's not just maybe your spirit. It's not just your soul. It's your tripartite entire being. Romans chapter 8. Say Spirit. Spirit. All right, let me read something from Romans chapter 8. Then we, we can go. Verse 3. Let's look at verse 3. We're up to verse 2, isn't it? All right, let's go to verse 4 quickly. Let's go to verse 4. All right. That the righteous, that the righteous requirements of the Lord might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. Say flesh. flesh. Say flesh. flesh. Louder. Flesh. What's flesh? All right. When you are reading the Bible and you come across the word flesh, it can mean one of four things. So you have to understand what it actually means. Number one, when the Bible uses the word flesh, it can mean the tissue, skin tissue. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. Quickly, then you shall eat what? The flesh. The flesh of what? At night. At the night. That's kill the goat, eat the flesh. What is he talking about? So that's as, as, as opposed to bones. Right. right. So flesh is the meat. The meat. All right. So when I was talking about flesh, it's talking about skin tissue sometimes. That's why when Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 53, 54, John 6, 53, he says that, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. When you read the 53, it talks about the son of man's flesh. It said, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man. Now, that flesh he was talking about, in literal, that's why many of them left him. Because they understood the term flesh he meant. He was talking about his 
tissue, skin tissue. Now you say we should eat you physically? Right. So when you, say, when you see that word flesh, it's one of it, it means physical body, uh, the, the, the skin tissue. All right. Number two, when you see the word flesh, Bible talks about how Jesus Christ, in Romans chapter 1, verse 3, that this son of David, he was born according to uh, the lineage of David in the flesh. Okay. He was born according to the seed of David in the flesh. What does that mean? Is it talking about in the skin tissue? Not that, not that. It's talking about physically. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It talks about how even though we walk in the flesh, it's talking about we live physically. Yeah. All right? Even though we walk in the, this is a physical life. So that flesh there is talking about the physical life. The flesh. This is not talking about, watch this. When it says that walk in the spirit and you do not fulfill the desires of the flesh, he's not talking about this flesh. He's not talking about this flesh. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, Bible said Jesus Christ himself, he took on flesh. Ah! And he was walking in the flesh. What does it say? In as much as the children have partakers of flesh and blood, he, he himself likewise shed in the same. That through that he might, he might destroy him who has the power of death. That's the devil. He shed in the same. He shed in flesh. He also became flesh and blood. He, Jesus Christ. Talking about humanity. Physical being. Because he was dying to save physical beings, not spirit beings, physical beings. Then he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What he's trying to say is we don't fight against physical things. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All right, so sometimes when you come across the word flesh, it means physical things, natural things, things that you can see, you can taste, you can hear, you can smell, you can use your natural five senses to, to touch or to experience. That's flesh. Is, is it making sense to somebody? Yeah. Alright, so when we talk about flesh, it's other skin tissue. Or number two, talking about physical way. Or number three, it's talking about the human body, external. Just the body, as some. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. When we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. Give us King James, say the way King James put it. When we came to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. See, actually, New King James used the word body. Alright. New King James, the same word, the same Greek word translated. So our flesh, our bodies. That's why in the book of Matthew chapter, chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the body, you know there are times you want to do something. I, I don't know how many of you have tried running maybe a race before. You, you make sure maybe um, um, marathon or 400 or 800, you make sure you run faster than everybody. But I guess to the time you just... <sighs> You understand what the flesh there? Now, the last one, when we talk about flesh, this is very important. The last one, when in the Bible we come across flesh, it means, watch this, it means the soul, the spirit, and the body. Together, as outside of God, you. People have thought that it's just the things you do in your body. But it's, that's why it says that filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. So now, that will take me right into Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, watch this. Let's all read it from the screen, how he puts it. Let's go. Are you ready to read it? All right, let's read it. Let's go. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when we talk about the lust of the flesh, it's not just talking about the lust of the body. It's talking about the lust of you. Soul, spirit, and body. So look at verse 19. That's interesting. Look at verse 9. Then he begins to talk about what are the works of the flesh. 
So he mentions the works of the flesh being um, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Go to verse 20. Look at verse 20. Idolatry and sorcery. And what is hatred? Hatred is in your soul. It's emotional. It can't be seen. So if you talk about the works of the flesh, it's not the things you just do. Okay, hatred is in your soul. Sorcery, actually, sorcery is in your spirit. Yes. Some translations use witchcraft. Yes. It's a spiritual operation. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's in your spirit. So when he says the works of the flesh, he adds things that come from our spirit, things that come from our soul, things that come from our bodies. So the work of the flesh is talking about actually who you actually are outside God. And now he says that walk in the spirit so that you do not fulfill the desires of who you actually are. Before you became born again. And even after you become born again, your natural self, your you self outside of God. Because we are born again because we are in Christ. So we are in Christ. Walk in the spirit. Okay, where should I go quickly? Because I want to just get, get some. Say, walk in the spirit. All right, let me leave that. Alone. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. We just read it. The righteous requirements of the Lord might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to what? The flesh. By what? By what? According to what? According to what? Shall we? According to what? Watch what he did not say. He didn't say, who walk not according to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, I'll preach. <laughs> in Galatians, in the book of Galatians, which is a book of justification, which was dealing with against the law, a book of Romans. In Romans chapter 8, he actually didn't emphasize so much Holy Spirit as spirit, 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 spirit. The spirit, say the spirit. The spirit. <laughs> I'm going somewhere now. Some of you are sitting out right now. <laughs> the spirit. So is there a difference between the spirit and the Holy Spirit? Huh? Romans chapter 8 verse 26. He said, likewise, the spirit also helps. What is this, the spirit? To make a bit more sense about this whole thing about the, the spirit, we got to just go back a little bit and know who God is. God is three in one. Not three different essence. It's one God, but we know him as what? The father. The Son and the one more time, the Father, the Son, and for the last time, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Very interesting. That is what is called the triune God. Three in one God. Trinity. Okay? Triune God. The Bible calls it Godhead. Why do we need Godhead? It is necessary just for the economy of God, for economic reasons. Most of you, when you hear economy, what you think about is money. Yeah. Economy is not money. Or, the Greek word, oikonomia. Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, verse 7 there, talks about the dispensation of God. That's what usually people call dispensation. Sometimes the dispensation of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, it talks about if you understand the, the mysteries or how God has taught me these things. Indeed, if you understand the dispensation. That, that dispensation of the grace of God. See, the, like you go to a dispensary, what do they, they dispense? Economy has to do with oikonomia. Okay, oikonomia. Oiko has to do with house, okay, or a village, or a vicinity, house. And then nomos, nomos has to do with law. So house lord, house management. 
And usually, for instance, Buckingham Palace must have an economy. There's someone who must manage the entire house. This is where this payment is going. This is how, that's economy. And God's house, we are God's house. And God's, because his program from beginning was to have a house full of you. That's why when we become born again, Jesus Christ was the only begotten. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But when he came down, for the economic reasons, when he came down, he, when he died, he became the firstborn son. According to Romans chapter 8 verse 29. So for economy, he became, and then we became his many brothers. In a big household. And so now watch this. Grace, dispensation, God's, the way God is working. Watch this. There's a difference between, there's a difference between redemption. Redemption is not what the, the Bible is fundamentally about. The Bible is fundamentally about God building his house and his people. That's why I started by saying that you, God himself has put himself into you. That's what this Christianity is about. It's, it starts with now, you having God in you. God, he has God in him. She has God in, and we become the household of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 18 and 19. We become the house. We are no more strangers, but we are members of God's household. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. We are members of God's household. He has a house, okay? We are members of the household of God. The, the household economy. So if you have a big household, how you are going to manage everybody? This is doing this one. This is how this is flowing. That's why it's called economy. Now watch this. For economic reasons, the triune God wrapped himself in humanity, became a human being, born of the Virgin Mary. Watch this. That's a process, okay? Born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a natural life. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He resurrected. That's why I said we became born again by the resurrection. He resurrected. And then he ascended and seated at the right hand of God. When he ascended, he didn't go as a spirit. He went as flesh and bones. Now watch this. So before, before Jesus came, there was no flesh and bone in heaven. But now, for your information, there is... There is flesh and bone in heaven. How did that happen? God himself became man and went through a certain process. So some theologians call it the processed God. He went, that mean, God hasn't changed, the same. But now there's a man there. There's flesh in the Trinity. Flesh, he has added man. That's, that's, that's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 or 15. It says, it says, Great is the mystery of godliness. Verse 16. Great is the mystery of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Great is the mystery. Without controversies. Great is the mystery of God. God was manifested in the flesh. This is the flesh, the word flesh. So could you understand the word flesh? The flesh, flesh justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among Gentiles, believed on the world. This great mystery. Flesh in heaven. Flesh in heaven. Second Timothy chapter two verse five. He says that for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, even the man Christ Jesus. All right. So there's man in heaven. Watch this. Is someone getting something? Oh, oh. Watch this. So, so, so. Watch this. When we talk about the spirit, watch this. When we talk about the spirit, it's not just the Holy Spirit we are talking about. We are talking about watch this. The process God. Because when Jesus Christ came on earth, as you saw Jesus walking, He is the embodiment of the Trinity. Trinity was working on earth. God. He was the embodiment of God. 
Can I, can I give you a scripture for that? In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So when you, that's why he said in John chapter, chapter, chapter 14 verse 8 and 9, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Yeah. Whoever sees me, he has seen the Father because I'm the physical, the embodiment of God. Alright? He said, who has seen me has seen the Father. In him dwelled the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Watch this. So he was the, he was the embodiment of the Godhead, the triune God. Went through the process triune God. And guess what? After he died and resurrected to heaven, he became a spirit. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. See, and, and so it was. The first man, Adam, became what? A living being. The last Adam became what? Who is the last Adam? If you don't believe it, go and read the Bible yourself. Okay. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So when he died and resurrected, now he became spirit. So when the Bible talks about the spirit, he's talking about the process God who has now come and lived in the entire trinity is living in us. Very interesting, isn't it? Jesus said in John chapter, chapter 14, verse 23, he says that, and my father and I will come and make our abode in you. He said, Jesus lives there. He said, we will come. See, my father loves you. And then we will come to, to him and we'll make our abode in him. We come and live. God the Father, me, myself. He was silent on the spirit, but the spirit, the Holy Spirit was part of it. So now watch this. So when, what, now I'm going to Romans chapter 8, when it says, walk in the spirit. Right. Right. And you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now, the Greek word translated walk, okay, walk is per- peripatio. Greek word peripatio. What's peripatio? That's how you continue to go about your life, your normal day-to-day conduct, your normal day-to-day living. So, how you live your life, watch this. It says that how you live your life, you have to live your life based on this God inside you. So that you don't fulfill the desires of your soul, spirit, and body. Revelation okay. chapter 3. Verse 13, it says, Christ, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Listen, having been made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is he who hung on the tree. Why? Verse 14, why? That, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles. Watch this. That's where most of us stop. Read it. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. receive the promise of the spirit. This thing is a spiritual thing. So, it started working it. Then he was working it. Go to chapter 5. Then verse 16, he said, chapter 5, verse 30, 40, he said, you guys are fighting among yourself, pulling yourself down. He said, walk in the spirit and you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Then so the walk, the walk there, the walk there, when you walk, we walk by faith and not by sight. Many places in the Bible where you see the word walk in the New Testament, it's meaning the same thing as peripatio. That's, that's how, you, how you run your life. How you continue you to take your life. You understand that? Peripatio. But, pastor, I saw, as he worked it down, 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 and he spoke about the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter, chapter 5, verse 19. The works of the flesh, verse 20, the works of the flesh. Then verse 22, he says that, but the work of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, 
He says that, but the fruit of, you, see, you didn't say Holy Ghost, though. The spirit that has come into you, there's triune God, a process triune God, who embodied in Christ, realized in the spirit to become our enjoyment. When you become born again, what God wants you to do, stop trying to do so much. Okay, I've, I've, I've paid my tithe. I've done he wants you to enjoy Him. Yes. Wow. Yes. Read your Bible. He kept telling, It's me. It's me. It's, Jesus said, It's me. You have me. It's me. He wants a rich relationship. Watch this. Most of I, I, thank you, Jesus. Most of us are especially of thinking, okay, you have to behave well. That's good, but every culture encourages well be good behavior. Yeah. But when you become born again, now take it to another level. Oh, let the Holy Spirit help you to do. Now that's not what he wants to do. The Holy Spirit is not looking to help you to do. Fundamentally, the Holy Spirit wants to have an expression in you. He himself is now living in you. There are two different things. So when we say walk in the Spirit, it's saying allow your existence to be in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now beginning to take over. That's what born again actually means. So that, see, when we talk about grace, grace brought all these things into you, all these privileges, and now you have to live according to that. But as we went on, I discovered something in verse 25 of Galatians chapter 5, which was more severe. Galatians 5. Let's already Allah. Let's go. If we live in the spirit, I discovered this walk too. This walk in the spirit is different from the first walk in the spirit. Alright. This walk in the spirit, verse 25, is different from walk in the spirit, verse 16. The Greek word in verse 16 is peripatio. The Greek word in the verse 25 is stoichio. It's a serious thing I'm telling you. And the Greek word used, watch this, the Greek word used in the verse 25 was used only four times. Stoichio was used only four times in the New Testament. But in the verse 6, so many times, because that's how you live your life, you work your life, your daily existence. The difference between the two works is, the first one is normal work, how you conduct your life. The second one is like a, you go to school. Now, work. this work is restricted. It comes with rules. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm uh, a veteran. You know, so just when it says so, when you are in a parade, people are, are walking by, they are not just walking, oh, they are walking is different from you who is going to the stadium and watch them. They are, we are all walking, the bar is different. Romans chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the steps of faith which Abraham took, that walk, that's but who walk in the steps, that walk is talking about it's a defined, restricted way of walking. That's what Abraham was doing. So he said, if you want his blessing, oppress like that. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 16, to the degree that you have already attained, let us walk by the same rules. This walk talks about certain standards you have to apply your heart to. So you can't say I'm saved by grace and that's all. Living in the spirit has to do with, there are certain standards demanded by the Holy Ghost which you have to apply your heart to. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 16, Galatians 6, 16, is someone getting something? Yes. As many as walk according to what this rule. That, that, that is stoichio. Stoichio is always based on certain set rules. Wow. It comes with certain order. 
So the first one, the way you live your general existence. But the second one, the spirit expects certain order. He expects certain ways to live, certain ways to behave. So he says that those who live by the spirit, let us also walk. Strike you. It's not free for all. You walk by faith, you do something, and say, oh, I, don't, I mean, I don't like all kinds of restrictions. Then you are not really born again. Because the fact that you are born again means that you are bringing yourself under restriction. Not, not, I'm not talking about bondage. I'm not talking about bondage. He said, why you became born again? Because you are sons. Galatians chapter 4. Because you are sons. Verse 5. God, verse 6. God sent forth the spirit of his son. In verse 5, he talks about who we have adoption. Verse 4, he said, Jesus Christ came under the law to be born under the law. Verse 4 of Galatians chapter 4. Jesus Christ came to be born by a woman. That's the embodiment of trying God. And then guess what? Verse 5, he said, we are adopted. So, uh, um, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, once you are sons, look at what happened in verse 6. It says, because you are sons, God has sent for what? The spirit of his son. He didn't say the Holy Ghost. The spirit is virtually the same. But okay, for you to understand that. The spirit of his son into your heart, which Christ. There's only three places in the Bible where you hear the cry, Abba, Father. Three. One was by Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark chapter 14. That's when he cried, Abba, Father, if it's possible. The other place is when which Christ, the spirit Christ, Abba Father. And Romans chapter 8, verse 15. He said, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba Father. This is a deep relationship we come into with God. So he says, walk in the spirit. Let the spirit restrict and order your life. It's not everything you can do, brothers and sisters. It's not everywhere you can go, brothers and sisters. It's not everything you can say, brothers and sisters. It's not everything you can watch, brothers and sisters. Walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.